you take your Bibles and let's turn to Joshua chapter number 4. Joshua chapter number 4. We're actually making real good progress in Joshua. We're going to finish chapter 4 this week. Amen. And uh, chapter 3 last week, chapter 4 this week. It's not going to stick like that, though. I can assure you. <laughs> okay, Joshua chapter number 4. And let's begin reading verse number 1. And it came to pass that all the people were clean passed over Jordan. That the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people of every tribe, a man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where uh, ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men, whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of Jordan, and take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. That this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan, as the Lord spake unto Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan, and the place where the feet of the priests which bear the Ark of the Covenant stood. And they are there unto this day. So get the picture here. There's, there's twelve stones that are over on the bank on, uh, on the Jericho side. And then there's 12 stones in the middle of Jordan that God said to do the ones on the bank. Joshua could set the ones up in the middle. Look at verse 10. For the priests which bear the ark stood in the midst of Jordan until everything was finished, that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people according to all that Moses commanded Joshua, and the people hasted and passed over. And it came to pass, when all the people were clean passed over, that the ark of the Lord passed over, and the, the priest in the presence of the people. And the children of Reuben, and the children of Gad, and half the tri tribe of Manasseh passed over armed before the children of Israel, as Moses spake unto them. About forty thousand prepared for war passed over before the Lord into battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel. And they feared him as they feared Moses all the days of his life. And the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Command the priests that bear the ark of the testimony that they come up out of Jordan. And Joshua therefore commanded the priests, saying, Come ye up out of Jordan. 
And it came to pass when the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord were come up out of the midst of Jordan, and the soles of the uh, priests' feet were lifted up unto the dry land, that the waters of Jordan returned unto their place and flowed over all his banks as they did before. In other words, they returned to flood stage. <laughs> and verse 19, And the people came up out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal and the east border of Jericho. And these twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you might fear the Lord your God forever. We'll leave off reading there. We see here Joshua's leadership was magnified in the sight of all Israel by what the Lord did in drying up uh, the, uh, the river, Jordan River and he you know, was obedient to all that God told him to do and they went through there on dry ground. And this miracle of crossing over uh, the Jordan River was, would just be a token of what the Lord was going to be doing in the midst of the coming days. In fact, Joshua, if you remember back in chapter number 3, verse 10, he says, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you. In other words, when you go through on dry ground and you get to the other side and God does all this, I'm telling you that He's going to do, and He drives, begins driving out before you uh, the, the, your enemies that are in the land. He said, Hereby you shall know that the living God is among you and that He will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and all the otherites. Amen. Um, now imagine with me for a minute and consider how an Israelite father might walk with his son by the Jordan River um, after this time. And looking at the water's edge, the boy sees a neatly piled uh, 12 stones piled there, and uh, it's very apparent that it's a marker of some sort. And with curiosity aroused, he asks his father, what do these stones mean? And the father, being an obedient uh, son of Abraham obeys the word of the Lord and relates the story of how Jehovah God had miraculously delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt through the wilderness and across the Jordan into the promised land. That's the way it was supposed to work. And in detail he describes how the Lord parted the waters as the priests stepped into the flooded banks of the Jordan River with the Ark of the Covenant and he further tells his son that as the priest held the ark in the midst of the riverbed, the Lord's people walked across Jordan River on dry ground. Not muddy ground, dry ground. As the waters stood in a heap. He would then tell his son how the Lord instructed Joshua to have one person out of each of the twelve tribes to pick up the stone out of the midst of the Jordan from the very spot where the priest held the ark I don't know if they were having to move around 
for them to pick up the stones to carry out. And nevertheless, it, it happened right there in the middle of where they were at. And we know that uh, he would tell how this, uh, the, they took those stones and placed them there uh, on the bank of the river where the people of Canaan, uh, where the people arrived in Canaan. He then would reveal to his son that the Lord's purpose of the stones was for them to be a memorial to each succeeding generation of the Lord God's miraculous deliverance of his children into the promised land. Now, all of that was the Lord's intent. That's the way it was supposed to work. Sadly, by the time you get to Judges, uh, you got a generation that arises that know the Lord or His works that He's done. It's sad, isn't it? But that's the way it was supposed to work. We see the establishment of the memorials there in verses 1-8. through 8. I'm not going to read that again, but we need to understand that the memorial on the Jericho side of Jordan was established in accordance to with God's command even back during the days of Moses. Turn with me to, uh, back to Deuteronomy chapter number 27. Deuteronomy 27, and we're given a little bit more about what would be done with these stones when they got to the other side. And we will see later in the, uh, in the book of Joshua where some of the stuff we're reading uh, takes place. It, we won't read about it until we get over to chapter number 8. And, uh, but nevertheless, I can tell you it's coming, okay? But Deuteronomy 27, and uh, look at verse number 1. Deuteronomy 27, verse number 1. And Moses, with the elders of Israel, commanded the people, saying, Keep all the commandments which I command you this day, and it shall be... On the day when you shall pass over Jordan unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, that thou shalt set thee up great stones and plaster them with plaster, and thou shalt write upon them all the words of this law when thou art passed over, that thou mayest go into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, a land that floweth with milk and honey, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised. Therefore it shall be when ye be gone over Jordan that ye shall set up these stones which I command you this day in Mount Ebal and thou shalt plaster them with plaster. And there shalt uh, thou build an altar unto the Lord thy God an altar of stones. Thou shalt not lift up any iron uh, tool upon them. Thou shalt build an altar of the Lord thy God of whole stones and thou shalt offer burnt offerings thereon unto the Lord thy God, and thou shalt offer peace offerings, and shalt eat there and rejoice before the Lord thy God, and thou shalt write upon the stones all the words of this law very plainly. Now, uh, in Moses' day, uh, even before Israel ever got to, to Jordan's bank, the Lord God told them they were going to set up a memorial of stones when they crossed over into Canaan. Now these stones were to stand as a memorial to remind them of that miraculous uh, crossing over Jordan. Now we see the fulfillment of that of the Lord's command there in Joshua twenty, uh, Joshua chapter four, verses one through eight. One man of each tribe, as twelve tribes, was to take a stone from the riverbed, carry it to the place of encampment, and there the stones from the riverbed were used to build a memorial as to what had happened in that place. 
And that was to be a sign to their children that the Lord God's miraculous work that day in cutting off the, the waters of Jordan, it was supposed to represent you know, and remind them of that occasion. And, uh, of course, the Deuteronomy account tells more about how these stones were set up uh, on the other side uh, in the end. But in addition to what the Lord God commanded, uh, Joshua also set up a second memorial. So that second memorial, you, you, you will not read there that the Lord commanded him to set that in the middle. He did that on his own, uh, according to verse number 9. And this was where the priest's feet rested as they bared the Ark of the Covenant and to all the people he crossed over. And you know, the question comes to my mind, well, why did Joshua command the people to do that when the Lord didn't command it? And... Uh, Understand that we're not told why Joshua did that, so anything we might say would be just speculation or opinion, and I'm going to give you my opinion. Okay, <laughs> I think that you know, during the dry times, uh, you know, when they get over in the land, and of course, the, I'm sure they relied greatly upon the Jordan River, it's one of the main rivers there, and uh, when uh, drought moved in, uh, those, those stones could be seen. And they would be a testimony that, hey, God was faithful right there. God was faithful. And if God was faithful there, God, God's still faithful. And He could be faithful to, uh, to help us get through this dry time. I don't know. That's one possibility. You might see it a different way, and that's okay too, because the Bible doesn't say. But uh, I'm sure in Joshua's mind, he had a reason for it. And we can ask him when we get to heaven. Amen? Amen. And uh, find, out, find out the real reason for it. But... We see the Lord God was leading them miraculously according to Joshua 4 there, verses 10 through 14. This was the final act of separation from the bondage of Egypt and from the past. And they were now, when they, when they crossed over and they stepped over into the land, they were finally in the promised land. The promises of God became a reality to them. All the people, including 40,000 of the, of the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, were, it says that they were clean passed over. In other words, they got all the way over to the other side. Not one of those who were supposed to cross over was left behind. All were delivered safely and completely, and only the Lord God could have worked a miracle such as that. And it was clear that they were being led by a powerful hand of God. Listen to uh, Psalm 107, verse 7 and 8. It says, And he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Uh, the Lord did that uh, himself. Psalm 107, verse 7 and 8. Um, Joshua was magnified. We see there in verse number 14. Look at verse 14 again. On that day, when they passed over, and this memorial was established, on that day, the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him as they feared Moses all the days of his life. What a wonderful thing. You know, uh, uh, Joshua was trying to get established as a new leader. Moses is dead. Moses has been all that the children of Israel knew. <laughs> uh, yeah, Joshua was second in the command, and you know, he was he helped. He was uh, uh, a very great uh, helper as he was a servant of Moses. Uh, but it's nothing like 
when your leader passes off the scene having to step into those shoes. And so he had stepped into the shoes and he had been obedient to the Lord and because of his obedience, the Lord magnified him in the sight of Israel. Now the Lord, uh, the, the power of the Lord God is seen in the completion of this wonderful work. Uh, the Lord God instructed Joshua to bring the priest out of Jordan there in verses 15 through 18. And as the soles of the priest's feet touched down on the other side, God released the waters. Can you imagine? Whoosh! And I don't know how how loud the whoosh was, but uh, it had to be pretty loud. A lot of water there. And it had begun, you know, with those going to a heap. And now those waters had returned. Uh, and uh, the Lord did it all. The waters flowed again even over the banks as it would have covered all the evidence that they had crossed over except the two memorials that stood as a witness to what took place. Two memorials. Now, we're not told, but I just imagine that one that was in the middle probably got pretty good covered up. But uh, nevertheless, Joshua knew it was there and the people that were with him knew it was there and they could have told their kids, hey, Next time he gets dry, let's look out there. I want you to see the pile of stones that were there when they were holding the ark of God and we walked through on dry ground. Um, anyway, you got two memorials there that stood as a witness to what took place. Now, let's talk about the importance of memorials. Uh, and that's what verses 19 through 24 is all about that we read. Listen, you know, we're all prone to forget, aren't we? We just are. Uh, Deuteronomy 4, verse number 9, the Lord had warned them, said, Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. So, you know, without telling what God has done, without... Uh, if you don't pass it on to the next generation, what happens? They they arise without the they they grow up without even knowing that there's a God. The Lord God had warned the nation to be careful, not forget. But we know that they did forget. Scripture record that. Scripture record that they did forget the covenant they had made with the Lord. Judges three seven says, and the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and forget the Lord their God and served Balaam and the groves. They, they, they did wickedly and they served idols because somebody wasn't faithful in doing what they were supposed to do. And, and talking about the memorials that were there. Of course, the ultimate result would be um, that we studied when we were in uh, Second Kings there toward the end when uh, they were carried away into captivity. The, well, we, know, we know Israel was carried away by the Assyrians and the um, Judah was carried away by the Babylonians and you can read about the warning that God gave them I'm not going to take time to read tonight because it's uh, from Deuteronomy 28 verse 49 through 68 you ought to take some time to read that Deuteronomy 28 verse 49 through 68 the Lord gave them a good warning but their act of putting up the twelve stones for one, one for each tribe was in obedience to the will of God at least at this point they were in the will of God Right, and uh, we know that uh, memorials are placed to remind us. 
That's what memorials are for. Memorials are to remember. When our family took a, a trip to Washington, D.C. back in uh, August of 2001, that was uh, one month prior to 9-11. Okay? We were there. We saw all kinds of memorials. Washington Memorial, Lincoln Memorial, Vietnam Wall, and you, 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 the, the town is full of memorials. <laughs> a lot, and they got inscriptions on the memorials. All along, uh, there, the way there, you can see the, the memorials that are there, and they're there to do two things. They're, they're to get our attention and the attention of succeeding generations. They cause us to ask why. Now, why are these memorials here? And if you take time to, to read on them, a lot of them will tell you why, they're, why they were constructed, why they're there. As we investigate their purpose, they answer the question as to why we are reminded of what they memorialize. Now, the purpose of these memorials, uh, that in, there in, in verses 21 through 24, the purpose was to cause the children to ask, what mean these stones? Another purpose was for them to stand as a reminder to all the people of the earth. Remember we read that down in verse number 24. Stand as a reminder to all the people of the earth that the Lord God is an awesome God who does mighty and wonderful works on behalf of his people. And we're going to see several times as we go through the book of Joshua that other nations, <laughs> the nations that they are fixing to drive out of the land, they know what God has done. They have heard the things that God is doing and what God has done for His people. And the purpose was to cause His people to fear Him and reverence Him forever. And uh, the, what about the, the memorials that we have though, in the church today? You know, we, we have memorials of Christ. We have two memorials. Um, we call them ordinances that are given to the church. One is in water and one is out of the water. Okay? Baptisms in the water, the Lord's Supper's out of the water. Two memorials. Both are similar in that they serve to remind us of the mighty work of God and our salvation. When we baptize someone, buried with him in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. We remember his death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, whenever we partake of the Lord's table, remember his broken body, his shed blood, uh, and we remember he's going to be coming again. Amen. And so uh, those uh, memorials, they remind us that we have crossed over from darkness to light, from death unto life. John 5, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. I'm glad that we made that passing. Amen. Amen. We, we clean crossed over uh, into everlasting life when we trust the Lord. And we need to keep in mind that memorials are reminders. They're not originators. You know, the, the stones stood as a testimony to what the Lord had done for His people. In the same manner, baptism and the Lord's Supper stand as reminders of what Christ has done for us as believers. Uh, there are those who would take those two things, baptism and the Lord's table, and try to make them a part of salvation. That's not what they are. They're being a reminder of what God did for our salvation. Um, so we, we need memorials to remind us of what a mighty and wonderful God we serve and we, because we're so prone to forget His wonderful works in our lives. It would be easy for us to look at Israel with disdain and shame 
them for their forgetfulness. But we can sometimes be just as guilty as forgetting. You know, we don't remember like we should. And the Lord initiated the memorials for us because He knew us. He says, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. So to those who don't know the Lord, the, the memorials really don't mean anything. But to us that do know Him, they ought to mean a lot. And let's remember what God has done for us, how He gave His Son that we might have eternal life. Let's not forget Him and what He's done for us. Let's remember and live for Him. Amen. Alright, that's our Bible study for this evening. Let's set that aside. Pull back out our prayer list. And we'll pray for the needs. And we'll be dismissed with this prayer. Appreciate you being here tonight.